Hello, beautiful beings, and welcome to the Soul Agent Podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Nicole Hickox. In this podcast, we talk all things soul. You see, I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible connect with their own soul. Because when we connect with our higher selves, we create a bridge for healing, a bridge for transformation, and a bridge for manifestation. If you want to uplevel your life from the inside out, this podcast is for you. So without further ado, let's take a journey to the soul. Hi, friends. I am so excited for today's episode. I have the amazing Marilyn Greenman on the show. She is the owner and founder of Harmonic Health Solutions, and she is a wealth of information, pioneer for those of us who are just starting out on our entrepreneurial journeys and really has a great take on mind, body, soul healing. So I can't wait for you to take a listen. Let us know what you think. Go find her after the show and let's dive in. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Soul Agent Podcast. I am so excited to introduce my very special guest I have on today. Her name is Marilyn Greenman. She is the owner of Harmonic Health Solutions here in Mead, Colorado. And she has been a very important person in my life the past few years and helping me along this journey. So once again, I am so excited. Welcome to the show, Marilyn. Thanks so much. And you've been an important part of my life as well. I'm delighted that our paths crossed. So yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know I was thinking earlier, I was trying to think about how we even got connected, but I think I was looking for a therapist at the time and mutual friend had recommended you back when you were in Johnstown. And I remember you telling me, well, it's not traditional therapy. (laughs) It's alternative. (laughs) Yeah. uh... And I said, that's right up my alley. Yeah. We really clicked right away. Absolutely. So Marilyn, can you share with us a little bit how you got on this journey and how you have revolutionized the healing industry and (laughs) all of the wonderful gifts that you share with the world? And maybe you can touch on what some of those gifts are and how you got here. Well, thank you for that introduction. That's for sure. Revolutionized, I'm not so sure about, but I was raised in, my parents were in the ministry. And so there was always like this big God component, church component in my life that I didn't really embrace. And so I kind of rebelled from the very beginning. And the religion that we were in was very strict and nothing outside the lines. And so when I was about 18, I think, I picked up a book called Yoga, Youth, and Reincarnation. It was written in the 60s, probably one of the first books like that of its kind. And since then, have probably read it 20 times. It's really funny. I started doing yoga on my own at home and reincarnation just sounded like, yeah, this makes sense finally. And so I spent several years doing that. 
Um, during that time, I was also reading every single thing I could on Edgar Casey. I got fascinated with him. He was a channel back in the 40s, I believe, maybe 40s and the 50s. And his kind of claim to fame was these reading, health readings. He did some other types of readings, but people were sick. They would come to him and he would tell them what to do. And he did thousands of these to the point that they took notes on each illness and they ended up creating a hospital in uh, Virginia Beach, I, I believe it is. And so there was a big health component there. But funny enough, I didn't really embrace that. I wasn't sick. There was nothing wrong with me. And I still did all the Western medicine stuff. I had children. I took them to the pediatrician. We got vaccines. It was the whole just normal family life. And when I married my second husband, and he had also been raised in a very strict religion, but it was focused on health and nutrition, Seventh-day Adventist. So he was raised a vegetarian. They did alternative health things at that time. I don't think they do that so much anymore. And we had a daughter and she was very sick. And so we went the Western route and nothing worked. And so finally, he gave me a couple of things to do. He said, let's try this. We went to a doctor, regular doctor, and my husband was like, there's got to be something else we can do for her. And he gave us a couple of alternative treatments, which worked. So it kind of put me on that path. I had already read all the Edgar Casey information, and it just felt right. So I played with it for a really long time, you know, with my family, with juice. I still got antibiotics, though, when I got sick. <laughs> so it wasn't a full-blown jump in. So it was about 20 years, I would say, before I really decided to follow this path as a naturopathic doctor. And all of that time, I had also been looking at self-help psychology. I went to college in the 70s to be a psychologist. And oh, my goodness, it was a terrible experience. At that time, I think things have changed. But at that time, they said, don't think you're here to help anybody because you're just here to manage mental illness. Right. And so I was like, this is not working for me. So I was dabbling in that, read every self-help book I could possibly find ever, and recognized that a lot of things worked and a lot of things didn't work. When I went to school to be a naturopath, naturopaths believe that the physical, emotional, and spiritual bodies all have to be in balance for any kind of healing to occur. So if you're depressed and you're low on B vitamins, then you're not going to just be able to positive think your way out of that. If you're low on B vitamins, then you're probably going to be depressed. And you need those, that combination of things in order for any kind of healing to occur. So I started looking for simple, easy, <laughs> clearing, emotional clearing processes. And I found several that I started using. And that's really it. I've just used what was out there and then sort of revolutionizes. I don't receive that, I'll tell you. But I've tweaked <laughs> it to be my own. And I use something called the emotion code, which is clears past emotions. I use tapping, so emotional freedom technique, and do a little bit of tweaking with that as well. I do something called rewiring the brain, 
I use supplements, tinctures, vitamins, or physical healing. So yeah, I think the biggest piece is, as you well know, it's a combination of things that has to be addressed. So that's a long way to get there. (laughs) That's incredible. It really is. And I love how it's interesting that you said you started with yoga, because I feel like that's almost one of the first pieces. I was just telling someone the other day that that was really the catalyst for me was I got certified to teach yoga. I never ended up doing anything with it, but I took a lot of those principles with me and they've carried through in my own spiritual journey, mind, body, spirit. And so I think it's fascinating that there are so many of those core principles from the yogic lifestyle that really do resonate as you continue that journey to full holistic healing. I absolutely agree. I've seen yoga transform lives from people who had no idea. They were just going to stretch their body. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And like you said, what it does with the emotions. And I love that you brought up the emotional code because I was just listening to another podcast episode the other day and he was being interviewed. Uh, Dr. Nelson, Bradley Nelson. Yep. yep. And he does the body code as well, right? Yes. I'm certified in that as well. Are you? Okay. And it was really fascinating to read that. And he did a session with her right there on the interview. And it was really fascinating, but it did. It reminded me of you. And I wondered if you were certified. Yes, I am. That's amazing. Well, you've always done tremendous work for me and for countless others. So I know you don't receive the revolutionize. (laughs) I do feel like for this area where we're from, where we live, it is something that is really big. And I think that it's just going to continue growing. I agree. And there are plenty of modalities out there, plenty of other kinds of processes that I know work. These two or three things just spoke to me. And I think that's what has to happen with everybody. If it doesn't speak to you, find something else, because there's a lot of things out there for sure. One of the things I didn't mention, I was talking about that, that I own a machine, a piece of equipment, a chamber called the Harmonic Egg. And that's become a big part of my practice. It's a a sound and light chamber that you actually get in, you stay in for 50 minutes and it aligns your nervous system so that your body can go into healing and rest and digest and that sort of thing. We live in this crazy, crazy world of fight or flight all the time. And it gives you that time for your body to reset. So that has become a big part of my process as well. Absolutely. And just as a testament to that, I've been in the egg multiple times and really need to come back and do another. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But really, it is a feeling like no other. I mean, every time that I come out of the egg, I feel a tremendous clearing And it really does feel like it almost takes that weight off, you know, whether that's energetically, physically, but I come out almost literally vibrating, like it's quite literally raising your vibration. Yes, it is. That's exactly what it's doing. And so you can now go out into the world 
in a totally different space than when you're driving down I-25. So <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. I go there screaming at everybody and I leave sending everybody love and light. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, it's a very powerful experience. I had a gentleman just leave right before we came and he was trying to carry on a conversation with me and he was like, I don't know what's wrong. And I said, you're good. And you feel like that when you get out, but then when you go into the world, it's like you're just grounded and centered and you can pretty much take on anything. So yeah, absolutely. I think that whole component of being able to release the stress. And a lot of times we don't even realize how much stress we're holding on to. No, absolutely. Yes. So it's interesting because different colored lights affect the body differently. Even the clothes we wear, like I have them yellow today. I needed something sunshiny. It's (laughs) mid-April and it's snowing here today. So I could feel when I got in here, I look at what I wore today. I, I wanted to be brightened up. So the egg has colors and depending on what you're working on, you know, you choose the color and you choose the music. Each one of the pieces is different and notes have different vibrations and different instruments have different vibrations. So it's an art and a science and it can be so individualized what's going on in your life. I think that's one of the things I love about it. Absolutely. As you were talking, I was thinking, yes, you need to be grounded and ready to go out and tackle the world with your four children and all of the things that you take on. So, yes, you need to be in here. (laughs) Exactly. And I've been feeling that more lately with Move and starting new businesses. And for listeners, Marilyn and I have a little connection with real estate. She's a real estate investor. And so we get to geek out about that as well sometimes, but she knows very well what it's like to have kids and different businesses and different streams and avenues that are always flowing. So isn't it fun? (laughs) Fun. You have to remind yourself of the fun though sometimes. It's fun. Yes, it is. Will you share a little bit about how you, because there's times where I come in to do my session in the harmonic egg and you just know what I need, right? Like sometimes you're like, what do you need? And I'm like, I don't know. I need everything. (laughs) You're able to fine tune it, whether it's intuitively or if it's the testing you do to really hone in on what that individual needs that day. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. So for years, people would say, you know, are you a psychic? How do you know these things? And I would say, no, I've just been doing this for so long. Of course, I read people's body language and that sort of thing. But I would say in the last five years, I've probably just accepted that, yes, I am intuitive. I love people. I have a feel of unconditional love for people. It comes very easy to me. And so I think that I can just hear what they have to say. I've been meditating, doing yoga for over 40 years. Meditation is one of those things that it can be very subtle. It has been for me all of these years that you get into the alignment, you quiet the mind You do whatever it is, and it's not always easy, but you do whatever it is that you need to do to stay in that space. And then you are a lot more open or it's a lot easier to 
hear what people are feeling, feel what people are feeling, and just to kind of know what's going on. I will say I have a technique also called muscle testing, or it's called applied kinesiology. And if all else fails, I can muscle test and see what the person needs. Even with that, it's still asking the right questions and making sure that I'm on the right track where they need to be. But yeah, thank you for asking that. (laughs) Well, it's incredible because you've always been spot on with me and (laughs) my family's been down there and they say the same thing. It's definitely a gift. So yeah, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Now, with all that said, I'm really curious to hear your answer. And I told you this is kind of a question that I ask everybody on the podcast. And it's really, what do you feel makes you the most connected with your soul or your higher self? The thing about meditation is it's not this big screaming voice. It's so subtle. And I, over the years, I've been able to just be in the middle of chaos and go, okay, this is not where I want to be. And I think because of meditation, I'm able to just pretty much center immediately, just go into myself and say, what do I need here? There's some science that I know about the brain and how it works. And I'll try to be brief about this, but the amygdala is where the chaos and the negativity and that sort of thing is. And then the frontal lobe is where we want to be. That's positive, happy, loving. And so when I find myself back in that amygdala, I stop and do whatever I need to do. Sometimes it's through things like gratitude. I'm so thankful for where I am, my family, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes it's just, I know, oh yeah, I need to get back into the frontal lobe. And so when I go there, it immediately takes me back feeling grounded and knowing where I need to be. doesn't always give me the perfect answers, but at least I know that I'm coming from a place of love rather than a place of fear or anger or, or that sort of thing. So does that answer that question? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that you give such tangible tools for listeners meditation, you know, now there's a million different ways to meditate. And they're awesome. They're all good. Yeah. (laughs) I've explored with a lot of different apps and different guided meditations or some of my own. And for me, and you know, like with a busy lifestyle, sometimes a meditation is just, you've got to walk the dog or you've got to do something with the kids. And it's just being intentional about it. That I should take this moment to connect with myself, to get grounded, centered, tune into my heart space. And for me, sometimes I call that my meditation for the day because that's what I got in. Getting in touch with your heart space because I was using the brain, but that's really it. It is getting out of that amygdala, but then tuning into the heart of where you want to be, who you truly are. And they know that science now knows that the heart is more important than the brain. So yeah, that's exactly true. And all meditation is good. (laughs) So (laughs) it doesn't matter what you do. We live in a beautiful part of the country walking through the woods. I mean, that's a beautiful meditation. There's so many ways that you can do that. For me, I almost have to go into that space by myself in my meditation room and get grounded there. But 
I know that is not the only way. Yeah. I get what you're saying. And I've noticed a difference lately. I had a pretty good routine for a while there where I had my space, my time where I really tuned in and had longer periods of meditation. And the ability to get clear during those times is so much stronger than that quick five minute. But I think, like I said before, even just being able to do that is still in a positive direction. Absolutely. Yes. Any meditation is better than no meditation. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and it's really because of you that I started to learn EFT tapping because I had never done that before until our sessions. And that's been a game changer in my world. It really is. Anybody can do it. There are a million YouTube videos. You can YouTube, you know, tapping because my big toe hurts. And somebody will take you through a sequence of tapping. I highly recommend it to everybody. In so many ways, it is a form of meditation also because you're in that space and you're focused on what you're trying to release. And it's a very powerful tool. Someone had said at the end of their videos, it was another one on YouTube, and they said, make sure to drink a lot of water afterwards. And I never quite thought about that. But then the more I tuned into it, it was like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, you're really moving a lot of energy around and you may not realize it, but it is really powerful. Yes. And hopefully you're releasing emotions, which get stuck in our tissues, in our muscles, in our joints, in our organs for that matter. And you're letting that go and then it really needs to flush out of your system. So electrolytes are really great also. They really help flush things through. In the emotion code, Dr. Nelson actually talks about we're removing these emotions from our subconscious and it's leaving a gap there. And so to fill that gap, I use uh, positive words and that sort of thing to fill the gap. But it's the same thing. There's a healing process that has to occur. So yeah, lots of water, lots of fluids. That's a great point. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, and I love how you described that, you know, you're leaving a gap. And so Mm -hmm. you need to fill that with something positive. And I think that's a really important point to make because you can release, release, release all day. And But I think that's really important to note there that Are you left empty or is it just important to kind of fill that with the positive intentions, affirmations, and bringing that back into the body? Yeah, I think that's the way to to say it. Then the body, the mind, the spirit, the subconscious, it's ready to receive if you think about it that way. Because a lot of times we do positive affirmations and they're just bumping up against all of the negative crap that we've got going on. So when you do the releasing and then you've left a space for uh, positive thinking, positive affirmations and that sort of thing. Yeah. That's a good thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Incredible. Well, I would love to dive into hear about this trip you went on lately for listeners. (laughs) Marilyn let me know that she was going on a spiritual journey. Was it to Arizona, correct? Sedona, yes. Sedona. Okay. So if you guys don't know, it's been on my bucket list for a little while now, and I will make it happen soon. But for those of you that don't know, Sedona is a vortex. And 
a lot of people cite having experiences when they're in Sedona, whether it's psychically or emotionally, and really just known to be a very potent place when it comes to energy. And so knowing that you went on this trip, uh, I would love for you to share with the listeners your journey and any wisdom that you brought back for us. There was so much wisdom. We would have to stay here for months, really. (laughs) Write a Um, book about it. Yeah, well, maybe because it was quite the experience. The play, I went with a friend. The place that we went, it was a retreat. So right in downtown Sedona, but we went out in the woods and that sort of thing along the river. Sedona is a spectacularly beautiful place. We happened to be there during spring break and there are all these families there. It's focused around spirituality. As a matter of fact, you'll love this, but one of the statistics I learned was the average age in Sedona is 60. Oh, (laughs) so I felt really comfortable there. (laughs) And the reason why is because old hippies have gravitated there. And once they get there, they don't leave. So there are a lot of very wise and powerful people there. This place I went was called Spirit Quest. I'll give them a what do you call it? (laughs) Yeah, flood. There you go. They were amazing. They provide guided experiences. So we did four sessions a day. One was a bodywork type things, massage, but different types of massage. One was some type of, they call it land journey. So going into the woods to do some work. One was emotional clearing. And so I have great compassion for my patients now. At two and a half hours of emotional clearing, you can't even lift your head up hardly. And the fourth one was different, just like uh, we walked a labyrinth. We did in the uh, Native American medicine wheel. I had a sound bowl treatment. So the fourth thing was just random. I would too, well, every single session was absolutely amazing. I had a two and a half hour class on meditation. I thought I knew everything there was to know about meditation and I knew nothing. So it was that kind of thing. And we were exhausted every day. We would get back to the room or we'd leave the center at 5.30, go to Whole Foods, grab some dinner, and literally go back and go to bed because it's just draining. Uh But I worked with a shaman. He'd been a shaman for 50 years, and he was the one that took us on the medicine wheel. And while I was in the medicine wheel, you walk the medicine wheel and you choose one of their uh, four quadrants and each quadrant has a meaning. And so then he tells you what that's all about. And so as he was standing with me, telling me what my quadrant was meaning, I heard this raven. There are quite a few ravens there. And he said, you could just hear him just going crazy. And I couldn't even focus on what the shaman was saying because he was so loud and so just carried on. So when the shaman finished with me and he finished with my friend, I said to him, I heard that raven yelling at you. What was he saying? Because earlier in the day, he had told us he communicated with animals. And he said, oh, you always talk, 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 talk. You just never shut up. Why don't you let them do what they want to do? Stop talking. And it was mocking him. And so we laughed about that. And we got back to the center. And right where we were going into the parking lot, there sat a raven 
at the foot of a tree and we walked right up to him and he just sat there. He didn't move. I mean, he was alive, but he didn't leave or anything. And so we talked about that quite a bit. And what does it mean? And that sort of thing. So we went on about our way. And the next day, the shaman came back to us and said, I went back and picked up that raven because I just felt like he was, something was wrong with him. And I took him to this rescue place and he died in my hands. And I want to give the two of you one of his feathers because there was a connection. And of course, we were absolutely thrilled. But what he said was, because I said, what does this mean that this raven died? I mean, it was heartbreaking. And he said, a raven represents the death of the physical body and the birth into the light. And he said, what this told me is the work that you are doing here is birthing you into a new light body. Oh, (laughs) yes. Wow. That was incredibly powerful. I mean, that was definitely a highlight, but it was just kind of like that for four solid days. It was just one thing after another, after another. So, yes. My God. Recognized is I need to do that more often. Right. (laughs) We all do. (laughs) Yes, we do. It was an incredible experience and I'm just so thankful for it. Well, yeah, those are those experiences that really are life changing. They are life changing. Don't come back the same person. No. And I'm 67 years old. I've been doing work of some kind since I was 16. And, you know, I wasn't thinking emotional clearing was going to be, who cares? I don't, I don't need this. I'll go through the motions. I do work on myself all the time. Yeah. And it's not the same. It's being with somebody who's intuitive, who knows what can feel and see what you need to experience. And literally every single guide we had was like that. Even the ones that weren't doing the emotional clearing they incorporated that into whatever they were doing. So, yes, I got a lot of emotional clearing done. <laughs> so, <laughs> Like you said before, I mean, that's intense and it is draining. Very. You really have to take care of yourself when you're going through such major shifts like that. Yeah, it was very intense. And it also just validated that we do need that third party, because, you know, we tend to run from things that we don't want to hit head on. We don't want to beat our head up against that brick wall. And sometimes we need to. So that part of it was so powerful for me to really recognize that, yes, I can continue to do the work that I do. But yes, I need other people to help pull things out. Yeah be facilitators in our own way. But at the same time, we have to continue working on our own bodies, light bodies, that that spirit aspect of ourselves, for sure. Do you feel like the emotional clearing there, did they use a different modality? Or is it just kind of the energy of it all was? Well, the energy definitely makes a big difference. One of the they call it land journey. It was called the heart opening land journey. 
and we actually laid by the on these rocks down by the river and the river was very loud and rushing so it's not always like that but it was intense the sun is coming down you're feeling wonderful and a different shaman he did a drum ceremony around us so oh my gosh I just felt things coming out of me, going into the ground, coming up to the sky that I didn't even know was there. The emotion was so intense. So, yes, it's the vortex. Yes, it's the knowledge of the people. It's the beauty. I mean, it's so incredibly beautiful there. So I think it's a combination of all of those things. And they say ETs visit there all the time. So who knows what they're bringing. (laughs) Oh, how fun. Oh, my gosh. Well, you may have just sold me on them. I'm going to look it up and check it out. Yeah, it's really good. That is so cool. I mean, you've been doing these spiritual practices for a long time. Was there ever a point while you were there where you were like, this is really intense, I need to take a break? Or was it manageable for you? No. So my intention going in was surrender. So (laughs) with that kind of intention, but the friend that I was with, two of the days, she did not go on all of the experiences. She just couldn't do it. But not me. (laughs) I was all in and yeah, just take from me whatever I've got. You can have it. So I mean, no, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to ask you because you mentioned the intention and I feel like that's a really important part of the spiritual journey, the healing journey. And I would love to get your take on that. I have a big take on that. And And one of the reasons is I just finished in February a one-year class on intention. And yes, (laughs) it was a full year. I think once a month we met with the facilitator who lectured. We had different kinds of things to read and that sort of thing. I met with a group of eight every week. And we each either set an intention for ourselves, or sometimes we took in, when the war with Ukraine started, we took that as just intended for this to be over and that sort of thing. You've noticed, yes, I'm pretty woo-woo, but I'm also, I love the science behind all of this. The science is now catching up with all the woo-woo. So for pretty much everything that's done now, the technology of frequency and sound and light and intention. It's all there now. Studies have been done. The tapping, the EFT, there's 26,000 studies that have been done on EFT. So yes, this is something that not everybody sees or believes, but the science is here. And the science behind intention is, it's phenomenal. They've done studies like taking groups of seeds, so planted seeds, They have one set, I think they had three different sets, neutral, so nobody did anything to it. And then they had ones that were negative, so negative intention, you're stupid, you're ugly, that sort of thing. And then the intention that these other ones grew a certain amount, like they had to be, you'll grow an inch a week or something like that. Right. Obviously, I don't know the study. <laughs> I just know the, the <laughs> Yeah. And whatever the percentage was that the one that was intended upon, 
it's so outranked anything that science considers to be when they're testing pharmaceuticals and things like that. If a placebo is only works this much of the time and the drug works this much of the time. Yeah, this so outpaced that kind of percentage that there was no denying it. And they kind of started there and it's been going on for 25 years. But now they've done all sorts of things like measured focusing, getting groups of people to focus on peace in a certain town, let's say like Chicago, and then measuring the difference in violent crimes before, during, and after these intentions. And again, the percentage of positivity that comes out of it, it can't be argued. So I would say meditation, intention, love. (laughs) Those three things are probably the most powerful things that we as humans can do and have the ability to do. That's incredible. You didn't know you were going to get that, did you? I didn't know you were going to give us that little gift. Meditation, intention, and love. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the water experiment, right? Very much. A moto. Yes. Water crystals. Yeah. And just how powerful our words, our intentions, and the energy behind it, how powerful it really is. It really is. And his work, I think it really changed a whole generation, really opening up the eyes to see, wow, what we say really does matter. Should I tell your audience what that is? (laughs) What he does? So he's a Japanese, I believe he was a photographer by trade, but he decided to take water, freeze it, and photograph the crystals from the water. So there were individual molecules that he's photographing. And then he would do things like water that has love written on the jar or hate. He did some with Hitler, heavy metal music, put exposed water to heavy metal music. And then he would freeze these waters and then he would take pictures. The waters that had things like love, peace, joy, classical music, Gandhi, I remember was one of the ones. Those water crystals were just spectacularly beautiful, looked like diamonds and things like that. The ones that had hate, anger, Hitler, those kinds of things. He also did polluted water and then fresh spring water. Those were distorted. They were sometimes didn't mature, I guess, come to fruition. They didn't look anything like the other ones. And it really did. I think this was done in the early 90s. And it really did change the focus of people to say, yeah, it really does matter what we say, what we think, how we project. Absolutely. And the more that I've gone on this journey and something I love about you, Marilyn, like you said, not only can you appreciate the woo-woo side of life, right? The spirituality piece of it, but you really do the science behind it and you research and you really know how our brains are affected and our bodies and how it really, what Mm -hmm. it takes to get mind, body and soul in harmony. Yes. I love both sides of it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. 
Well, I want to ask you one last question, and I didn't prepare you for this, so I'm going to put you on the spot. That's okay. I'm an open book. When we were talking, I was just thinking, you know, I look up to you so much, and I think you've paved the way for a lot of us women to follow our dreams, start businesses that others might wonder, what is that? What is she doing? And being bold and making those types of decisions that really are, they're what our soul's calling us to, right? Whether it makes sense to the world or not. And I would just love for you to share with the audience and any women who are feeling their soul's calling and wanting to pursue that, what would be your advice to them? I mean, it's so cliche, but it's follow your heart. Your heart knows exactly what you're here for. So often we say, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know what my purpose is. I said that for so many years and I knew I just didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to put my foot in the water or anything like that. But if you don't know, and I feel like there are truly people who don't know at this point, what are they here for? Start to meditate and your heart will tell you and it will open you up to things that you don't know are even there. So that's part one. But then part two is to take the step, whatever that is. It may not be the step to that purpose or that path, but when you take the step, the next step will come and then you'll know where to go the next time. And it's okay if it's not exactly where you end up. Believe me, where I am is not what the path that I thought that I was going to be on. I can tell you that. But just to take that step, even if it feels scary or wrong and that sort of thing, and don't be afraid to fail. There's so many great cliches about Thomas Edison failed 10,000 times or something like that. I'll tell you a quick story. When I turned 59, there were things that wasn't a bucket list, but there were things that I hadn't done. I'm afraid of heights and some things like that. And I was like, I'm going to take this year and every month I'm going to do something that I've never done before. Again, it's not like a bucket list, but it was just something different that I had never tried. And I did things like I rode in a race car. I didn't drive a race car, but I rode in a race car. I went skydiving. I went in a hot hot air balloon. I went surfing. There were 12 things that I did. Some of them I absolutely loved and I wanted to do it again. And some of them I would never do again. And so it's okay for us to do this thing, whatever it is, and go, ah, that's not for me. I wish I had never done that, which you don't even need to say that, but I'm never do it again. And because a lot of times we're, well, if I do this, I'm all in, like our moms told us. You're going to sign up for T-ball. You're going to play. You get to be a grown up now and say, no, I'm never going to do that again. So just to not be afraid to do something. Usually when we do something and we think it's a failure, it's just another step to the next place. So yeah, that's probably it. That's a great question. Thanks for asking that. Yes. Well, thank you for answering. I think that was incredible wisdom for all of us as we navigate trying to bring our dreams to fruition. And I think that's such an important piece. One, quieting your mind, right? So you can get rid of the outside noise and really tune into 
what does light me up? What does make me spark and bring joy into my life? I've been playing around with the words and I think I'm going to frame it and put it next to my bed, but how good can it get? Oh, I love that. It's just like, that's where I'm going in life right now. Like how good can it get? How much joy and fun and pleasure can I receive and still bring in the money and pay the bills and do the things, but how good can it get? I love that. But make a t-shirt and I'll buy one. Okay. <laughs> That's a great idea. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go into partnership. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and then, you know, like you said, taking action. And I've talked about this quite a bit on the podcast because I love bringing in the mixture of the soul, the spirit, and also We get to live in this earthly life and have all of these resources and we get to do these experiences that a lot of people haven't done and we get to make those choices, but it's not going to just happen. We have to take it action. And I think, you know, what you said of not being afraid to fail is something that I struggled with my entire life. The perfectionism, the people pleaser, right? We, so many of us have those in us and really starting to learn what that's like. So what if I fail? What does that really mean? That doesn't mean anything about my worth. That doesn't mean anything about me as a whole being. And being able to get to a place where you just can go with the flow and follow what lights you up. And like you said, maybe you find out it doesn't light you up anymore and you're never doing that again. (laughs) Some of my biggest mistakes, I think, have created the biggest ability to have compassion. So that ability to be non-judgmental and to love unconditionally came from some of my biggest mistakes. Embrace those mistakes. That needs to be a t-shirt too, right? Does I've had a lot of hard lessons there. And the more I learn about my human design and my gene keys, it makes a lot of sense that I've had these lessons because it really is in my soul's blueprint. And I have this lesson with perfectionism. And so even in the past year, I've had a lot of hard business lessons and it's brought humility, but it's also humbled me. And it's taken me to a place where I've learned to be grounded and not have to have that perfectionism and learn that I'm human, I make mistakes, and being able to flow with that has been a really important lesson for me. Love those gene keys. Oh my goodness, (laughs) I know. You'll have to have my daughter on to walk you through some of her incredible work with that. I told Blair I want her on so bad. So after this, I'm going to get on her and I'll push for my end. (laughs) Yes, we'll get her on here because I think that the audience would love to hear about the Gene Keys. Yes. So, well, Marilyn, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. I can't thank Thank you you enough. And I can't wait to have you back on. Well, I'm here and it was a blast. And thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Marilyn. I will see you in the egg soon. Okay, friends, I hope you loved that episode as much as I loved interviewing Marilyn. She's such a wealth of information and just a really good energy. You've got to go over and book with her. Go to www.harmonichealthsolutions.com or find her on Instagram and Facebook at harmonichealthsolutions.com. 
She has a brick and mortar store here locally in Mead, Colorado. For those of you that live local, I highly recommend you get in person with her. It will change your life. Get into the egg. Go to her website. You will find more all about the egg. It is amazing for reducing stress. And let's face it, everybody, we all face stress in our day and age. So get over there, Harmonic Health Solutions. And don't worry if you are not local, she can do some of her modalities virtually. I would still recommend getting on her books and checking out what she can do for you to find mind, body, soul healing. I promise you will love her. You guys, I hope that episode lit up your soul. If you loved this episode, I'd appreciate it if you would leave a five-star review. And be sure to like and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Let's stay in touch. You can find me over on Instagram and TikTok. Just look for my handle, The Soul Agent. I can't wait to see you over there. Sending you all my love, friends.